you had three things under your uh, personal style that you listed as components that you need in going forward. And I think these three items are really the definition of confidence when it comes down to it. I'll have what she's having. Welcome to another edition of Teton's Confidence Podcast. Back. This is the She Talks Confidence Podcast. I am girl dad turned therapist turned women's confidence and empowerment coach, Tony Dufresne. Great to have you and super excited for today because we are going to talk about personal style, finding it and owning it. Today we have a very special guest, Sarah Liberali. Sarah, how are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing great. I can't wait to talk about this because your story is interesting. There's so many twists and turns and so many different transitions that you made getting to the point where now you really are an expert in creating personal style via your clothing background and also your content creation for online. I just want to tee you up with that. And if you can talk about what got you there and then what you think is the important parts or what really defines confidence through personal style. I have no background in anything that I'm doing right now. I went to school to be a teacher. I was a teacher for 11 years. I taught special education and I did love it, but I knew that being in the classroom for the rest of my life wasn't what I wanted to do when I had the countdown to my retirement, which would have been December 12th, 2041. And Mm. I decided that I knew I needed to do something else. I just wasn't sure what it was yet. I'm obsessed with clothing. I figured I'll start an online store. I figured maybe I'll get free clothes out of it and that'll be the end of it. Right. Is that how you decided originally to make the change? You're just like, what do I, you know, what's fun to me? Yeah. I like clothing. So I'm like, cool. I like clothes. I have a shopping addiction. So I'll start a store. (laughs) Truth be told. So I started it and fast forward five years, I purchased a gorgeous building that housed my brick and mortar location. That was also, it's also e-commerce. It's called the Rose Hanger Shop. It's a young contemporary women's clothing store. And my new endeavor that I actually just started back in March started organically. I had a number of people asking me to help them with their website or their social media because it's my thing. And I was doing it for free. And I was like, this isn't what we do here. Why am I doing this for free? So I announced out loud that I was going to open a marketing agency. And Mm. I now have 25 clients that I'm doing their social media management, email marketing, website design, ads, all that fun stuff. So just like that? Literally, I've never cold called anyone. They all have organically yeah. came to me or have been referrals from other clients. And your decision was, I've been, I'm doing this and I dig it and I'm, and this is not really the clothing thing, but maybe I can just try something else. And then you just started it. Yeah. I just said one day that I was, I built a website cause I'm, that's what I'm good at. And I said, mm-hmm. Hey, I have a marketing agency now and people actually flooded in. I wasn't mm-hmm. expecting that at all. But it's, they're all local and they watched me grow my platform and, uh-huh. and spend so much time on the platforms. So I, I think it just happened organically due to my success that I've had. So I want to ask you just to, because that's, that's a really tough step for a lot of women to make. The, the step in terms of, you know what, I, this is pretty good and this is okay, but it's not like totally and I want to do something fulfilling or something different. And it, you did it twice. You did it twice to where you're like, this is fun. Let's try this. What's the secret sauce to that? So I don't know if there's a secret sauce. I always say that there's two types of people. There's the people that build the net and then they need to have a safety net under the net before they like make that jump. And then there's also the people that they jump and the net will appear. And I'm very much a just jump 
and yeah. it'll happen. I'm very lucky. I do also have a super supportive husband who has my back. No matter mm-hmm. what I say I'm going to do, I have 85 domain names because I constantly am going to start a new business and he's, <laughs> I believe in you. And that does help having that support system, having yeah. that person, even if they're just rooting you on, it, it mm-hmm. is it makes such a difference. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think really just depending on what kind of person you are, either figuring out that safety net and what it is you need before you can make that leap. So maybe you have some kind of financial goal that you need to have in savings or whatever before you you jump into that. Or you can just be like me and just say, you know what, let's jump and it'll happen. When you jumped, was it like a huge step or was it a, okay, now I got to do, I got to plan out this. I got to do this. Did you take like smaller steps and, and what was the first step that you took? And was it the same first step in both endeavors? So the first time when I left teaching, it wasn't a, a huge jump. I started the store in August of 2018 and I didn't quit teaching until June of 2019. So okay. I did have that year where I did do both. But then I walked in one day and I just said, hey, I, I quit. And they like laughed at me. They were like, no, you don't. And I was like, no, I, I quit. So that was definitely more gradual. Or And then actually this time, now that I'm like thinking about it out loud, it wasn't a huge, it was still a jump, but I started the agency back in March and I didn't close the store until August. So shorter jump. But I did still do both for a little while and just make sure this was something that I knew was going to pan out into what I wanted it to before I I made that decision to close the brick and mortar. And I will say my store still exists. So it's Mm -hmm. just online only. It's a transition of your energy, I would think, into the new thing. So when did you know? What was the thing that happened or the time or the epiphany or whatever? When did you know you're like, okay, I'm good. I am going to roll with this. With the agency, I knew, honestly, when I stopped caring about the Rose Hanger, which is my store. I felt oh. like I was, not that I didn't care about it anymore, but my, all of my time, all of my energy, anything extra I was going into helping my clients or building out websites, like that was where all of my focus went. And I knew that was just where my heart was going. The reason I asked this is because, and I've been coaching and doing therapy for a really long time. And the big thing that my clients come, especially with women between 25 and 40-ish going through transitions, just like you went through, thinking about going through transitions, the biggest sticking point is, is this the right time? And then what do I do? And there's, and it, and for some reason, because there's no level of clarity or, or, or there's a lack of that confidence and the understanding that you can do something if you take the small step in and not, of course, you jump and the net appears. It just it does. Always does. It may not be the net you expect, but it always does. <laughs> Oh, that's such a good point. Sometimes it's not. And you're like, oh, okay. This is an interesting twist on Uh things. And it's a matter of, like I tell my clients, it's like going with the flow and seeing what happens and seeing what opens up and what opportunities are and being flexible and having a level of fluidity or malleableness when you get into something like that. Because a lot of times the universe knows a lot more than you do. And you think before you get into it, then when you get into it, you're like, okay, hold on. Maybe this other little sidetrack is a little bit of gig for me. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. That being the case and you going through your transitions, when you got finally into what you're doing now in terms of the content creation, it's about creating personal style. It's about embracing your uniqueness. And to me, that's really settling into your true confidence and just because really true confidence is accepting yourself, how you are and who you are and, and just working with that instead of comparing and contrasting. So how do you work with your clients with personal style in terms of either creating or getting them to own it? And then 
how do you give them levels of confidence moving forward into their in developing it and expanding it? I do go through a lot of tools with my clients and just show them how to show up, especially showing up on camera for a lot of my clients are doing reels and TikTok. That's obviously super mm -hmm. important for social media right now. And showing up on camera is actually really easy once you figure out how to do it and, and you practice. Hmm. And we said, I said this to you before in the pre-show, but it, it it's so easy to look at that person that's on their chapter 10. And even though you're on chapter one, not understand why you're not on chapter 10. And, and you just need to go through the chapters yourself. They all went through that two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, and you're seeing them now with their success, but you need to go through those phases yourself. There's the learning phase. I just recently started a podcast. My podcast is terrible. It is the most chaotic 12 minutes I think I've ever heard on a podcast. I've listened to it like 30 times, but it, everyone's first one, it's going to, it's going to suck. And, and it's hard when you get started, it's really hard because Everyone sees that success at the end. They see the highlight reel, the things that are on your Instagram stories, the peak moments, but they forget about all the struggle. And I always joke that like picture that's always like circling of the guy from Amazon with that like banner behind his head. And he's at that like crappy little desk and yeah, everyone, yeah. oh, everyone starts somewhere, but it's true. Mm -hmm. It's really hard. And you, we all start from this place that's not glamorous and you just have to work your way through it. When it comes to having your personal style, you need to just make sure that you're like staying true to yourself, not trying to emulate that person that's doing whatever they are on their step 10. You just need to focus on where you are and be true and real to what your actual persona, presence, personal brand, business, whatever it is you are trying to build is. And I always tell people want to buy from people. So if you're trying to sell a product or service, you need to show up as a person and sell yourself because otherwise, why wouldn't they just go buy it from Amazon? Like I say it all the time. I sell dresses. You could buy these dresses that I'm selling from any manufacturer, but they're selling it to hundreds of boutiques. The thing that makes a difference is me and that I'm the person behind the brand. I'm selling it. I'm styling it. I'm marketing it different. All of the things that factor into it is me as a person, but that's what makes it a brand. So if you're trying to build a service or product-based business, you're still a brand and you need to show up mm -hmm. as a person. Would you say that most of the people that come into you have a problem with that or don't understand that they need to do that and are still connected in terms of the comparing to the people out there that are going viral and that have 5 million followers already? And then when you do come into contact with that with your clients, do you have to go through that education process with them? And how do you do that? So a lot of my clients definitely do they're not even so much struggling with showing up as like a, a brand. A, a lot of my clients don't want to be on camera. So it's hard. I have to first worm them up in order to, to build yourself as a persona on social media. You do have to show up and you have to show your face. People want to see you. It doesn't have to be every day, but you do need to, to present yourself. People need to be aware that you exist. Like you don't want to be that CEO that no one knows who the person is. They don't know their name. They've never seen their face. That's not how you sell. So I would say that a lot of them do struggle with that because they're still trying to figure that out. They worried so hard about building their business and establishing what the actual like behind the scenes back end part is going to be that they don't necessarily realize what the marketing aspect is going to be. There's so many people that have never even thought about, like I ask what their ideal client looks like and they have a hard time telling me. Right. And it's interesting, but, but you don't necessarily think of it when you're just so worried about trying to build whatever it is you're building. You don't even know who you're selling it to. Mm -hmm. Which is a huge mistake, right? We're both in with Brand Builders Group, creating the avatar and being as specific as possible in terms of who is the person you're speaking to, who am I speaking to in the podcast, or who are you speaking to in terms of creating, or who are they, is like 
as important as anything in terms of creating your own gig. Absolutely. It's funny that you brought that up because I always was really good about having a client avatar and like knowing what they looked like, but I never went as deep as we're going now with your client Uh avatar. So I think it's really interesting just to see, even though I thought I was doing it really well and I was coaching my clients and doing it really well. Now I'm like, Oh, maybe there's more I should be adding to this. No, it can. Yeah, I can go real. I think mine's three pages, like by the time it was done. So Uh it was great, but it makes a big difference. And so when it comes down to selling or you being the brand, and this doesn't even have to do with creating an e-commerce site. It just has to do with you selling yourself as a leader or as somebody as a part of a particular business in an interview or as somebody as a part of a group. It all comes down to the same components. And I thought it was really uh, great and very poignant in terms of you said you had three things under your uh, personal style that you listed as components that you need in going forward. And I think these three items are really the definition of confidence when it comes down to it. So can you go over those three things? My first one is definitely saying what you mean and being completely and fully transparent about exactly what it is that you want and what you mean is so important. And there's so often that I'm meeting with clients and they're telling me that they want something like whether it be a service with me or a goal that they're trying to have, they're like beating around the bush and afraid to say exactly what it is that they want. Women are afraid to talk numbers. They're afraid to say, I want to do X amount of dollars a year, or my goal is to sell this many units of whatever it is. It's very, oh, I just want to be able to afford to do whatever. No, say it. What do you want? Do you want to have a million dollar a year company? Come out here and say it. Like, Why do you think they're afraid of that? I'm 37 and I think a lot of it has to do with my generation that we were taught that money was never something that we talked about in my family. Mm -hmm. I knew my dad worked really hard. My dad was an entrepreneur. He had a collision shop. Well, to this day, I don't think I know how much money my dad ever made. And it was just never something that we talked about. And I I think as women, we also are still to this day looked at as we're not usually the sole breadwinners and we definitely can be, but it's very easy to fall in that trap of it's okay because my husband's going to make the money. We're like, right. no, like, you're going to come in there and make the money. I always joke that my husband still beats me, but one of these days I'm going to make more money. Than that. <laughs> and, I, and I have manifested that. And I say it to him all the time, but it's just, I, I think that's really important. It's just like coming out and saying exactly what it is your goals are. I'm not into this manifest thing, but I do mm-hmm. think that there is some truth behind it. Speaking your goals out in, in, to the world definitely help. You're just at least saying it out loud and you're working towards it. I think you're right. You can own it that way. You can own it by speaking your truth, but then it, that you have to do more than that. You have to put it down and you have to be responsible and accountable for making that happen. It's not the universe answering you like a telephone call and no. saying, all right, here you go. It's going to be an Amazon Prime delivery the next day and get what you want. And that's a big misnomer. People, you know, the secret for what it is, the first part's okay in terms of speaking your truth and owning it, but that doesn't mean it's just going to show up like a package the next day. And so I think that's a really big point to make. Yeah. And actually, I think it was Jenna Kutcher who always says when the woo meets the work, so that meeting the hard exactly. yeah. is not just like you're going to wish it. You have to do it. You have to show up and hustle. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So your second thing you talked about was asking for what you want. It definitely plays into the same concept, but I'm very transparent about asking what I want. And even to be on this podcast, I reached out to you and I was like, hey, Mm -hmm. I'd like to be on your podcast. I ask for things that I want. If I want to do something, I'm going to ask for it. The worst thing that's going to happen is they say no and just think eventually someone's going to say yes. So I'm a big believer in trying. I know it's hard to hear no. And there's a part of me that gets that little punch in your stomach when you get a no. 
But yeah. eventually someone's going to say yes. If you're trying to grow a business or a brand, you got to get used to the no's. There's always going to be someone that says no to you. And if you're pitching yourself to other businesses or companies or investors or whatever it is you're trying to pitch yourself to, you're going to get no's. And you have to just accept that it's nothing personal. It's just part of business and you have to move on from it. There's nobody in the world and no business that's ever been created that hasn't had a lot of rejections. If you believe in yourself and you continually work on making improvements and being open to making you know improvements or some adjustments here and there, then keep on going with it. Just keep on throwing it out there. And you especially, given the fact that you made transitions from three totally different careers, you had to be not just ready, but accepting of the fact that at the beginning, it's going to be a little rough kind of getting into your flow. Oh, absolutely. It's actually crazy once you don't realize how different a a new career path is going to be. Like, I feel like all I ever knew was school because I obviously I went to school, then I have two master's degrees, so more school. And then I only worked in a school. And then all of a sudden Mm -hmm. I had this like entrepreneurship career where I was my own boss and I had people that worked under me and I had seven employees and it's so different. And it's such a... It's such an eye-opening experience. And then the same thing with the marketing agency. Now, this is totally different because it's now a service-based as opposed to a product-based business. And it's a completely different realm. Like with product-based businesses, yes, that dress is $45. No, it's not cheaper. That is what the dress costs. If you don't want it, have a good day. With Mm -hmm. service-based business, it's so different. People are constantly... They, they want to know if you could do something for less or if they can just, you can just throw this extra thing in there or yeah. if it's okay if they text you at 930 at night on your personal cell phone because they have a question. And it's such a different realm of, of service. I, I, you just, you don't realize how different it is once you're working directly with people as opposed to people buying a product. And no one's going to look at your dress and say, oh, I wish that dress was only $10 and then expect that person to change the price. But right. someone looks at your service, they might say, oh, I'm not paying you X, Y, Z for that service. I've had five different businesses in the last 38 years or so. So I totally get that. But I think you bring up a really good point. And the point is that if you have that base confidence and that base level of understanding, and if and like you said, you have that sense of personal style and who you are, and you embrace that, and embrace the fact that you're not going to know something in, in a new realm, you're not going to know everything and that's got to be okay. That means you keep that core confidence throughout the process of learning. And so anytime anything cuts you down a little bit, or you get into that process, you set your price at that worth for a service, but somebody comes in and says, yeah, and yeah, no, I'll pay a half. And you're like, screw you, man. <laughs> but then you learn through the process of being in that business, you learn how to, let's just say massage through that process in order to maybe gain a client and look at it from more of a long-term perspective. But you have to have that level of core confidence. If you don't, you'll totally take that personally, that somebody's trying to undercut your value, right? You'll create that level of identity into your service versus who you are. And that's a huge point, especially with women entrepreneurs. I see that all the time with my clients and it creates frustration and depression and anger because they associate their worth with what people are willing to pay them for their services. Oh my gosh, absolutely. I, I, I can remember my first couple of pitches. I was so nervous to put on the screen what the price was going to be and afraid yeah. that they were going to say, oh my God, no, I'm not giving you that. So then I would like lower my prices because I just wanted someone to sign with me. You just have to the confidence that this is what you're worth. And my favorite line, I'm going to give you my little, this is, I actually can't take full credit for this. I heard this somewhere on TikTok mm-hmm. or something. Mm-hmm. When someone says that you're too expensive, respond with compared to what? 
And, and just, it, it compared to what? What right. am I too expensive compared to? Tell me what that other person is doing that I'm either doing or not doing and how they're doing it so much cheaper. It's my favorite thing to say because usually people have no idea what to say to you when you say compared to what. But having the confidence to come in there and, and say what you're worth and accept, again, back to the accept those no's, it's okay. You're not going to sign everyone. If you're signing everyone that you're trying to work with or getting everyone to do what you're trying to do, you have some kind of wizardry that I don't know what it is. Yeah, it, it doesn't exist in the world. Nobody, not Elon Musk or the Gates or whomever had, have, has ever had anybody go, hey, that's cool. Great idea. Sign me up. It gives you an analysis of where you're at, what you need to do. Maybe you need to pivot your client base. Maybe you need to work on what you products you offer. Again, it's just signs. It's more information for you to move forward. To wrap that part up is the last thing that you talk about. And I think it's as important as any of the other two. It's elevating every day. So we're always growing. And, and I say elevating every day, and that could be taken so many different ways. But my favorite way to think about it is the fact that we're always growing. We're always evolving. You are not the same person that you were. I actually have said, I am not the same person I was when I decided I wanted to be a teacher at 18 years old. Not the same person I was when I decided that at 32, I wanted to start a clothing store. And I'm not the same person as I was then five years later. And, then, and I'm, if you're not growing, what are you doing? And you need to be constantly evolving and moving into yourself and, and figuring out whether it be learning or even physically, emotionally, like all of those things need to be constantly changing for the better. Otherwise, why are you just standing still in the back? So I, I think like that elevating your everyday has a lot to do with just making sure that every day you're taking a step towards something like new to better yourself that you're doing. But you also can take that elevating every day and, and use it in the fact of trying to light someone up. And, and I, I am a big believer in that. I work with small women-owned businesses that are trying to get their businesses off the ground. And I'm constantly just trying to bring them up. And, and so often people have that imposter syndrome and they're so down on their self and they think that they don't believe that they should be in that place or these aren't the right steps or they don't have the qualifications to have someone hire them. And elevating us women got to stick together, but ele- elevating other women is so important. I am the first person to be clapping for everyone in the background of no matter what you're doing. And I think that it's just really important to not just elevate yourself, but to elevate other people and to make sure that you're bringing that positivity to light because positive surrounds other people that are positive. And if you're over here being a negative Nancy all the time, negativity is going to magnet to you. So I am a big believer in just like elevating every aspect of your life, no matter what it is you're working on. I love it. That's the mic drop. I have nothing else to add or comment on. I just love how you ended that. Sarah Liberale, thank you so much for that. That was amazing. Do you still have the clothing line? You said you were maybe doing it or what? It still exists. It's online only. It's The Rose Hanger Shop. You can find us on Instagram at The Rose Hanger Shop. It's also www.therosehangershop.com. Rose like okay, the- and- Rose like the flower. Okay. And hanger like the like hanger, like clothes hanger, right? H-A-N-G-E-R. Yep, it was okay, named good. Grandmother Rose. Oh, wow, that, that's really nice. And yeah. then, and then, what about your content creation, your business consulting? So that's Alpha Align Agency. That's we're building up women-owned businesses in a male-dominated market. So we are the Alpha, and we are at alphalineagency.com or at Alpha Align Agency. And then you can also find my personal page, which is Sarah underscore Liberale, L I B E R A L E. And there I just post like fun things, family things, business things, a mix of all of it. Yeah. Basically Peloton and friends stuff. Yeah. Is what, I love right? all those things. <laughs> yeah. That's it. Sarah, thank you so much. Yeah, I know. I still don't know. Yeah. You got to represent, right? Always. 
Thanks, Sarah. I really appreciate it. And uh, again, for me, if you want to get a hold of me, it's tonydufresne.com. If you can't spell it, because nobody can spell that, it's theconfidencedoc.com. Also, at Tony at theconfidencedoc.com. I have the new ebook, which is actually a 13 or 14 page summary of my entire program. And it's less than a venti pumpkin spice latte and a cake pop. Again, save yourself some empty, terrible calories and go learn something fun and exciting. It's Transform Your Life, True Confidence for Women. It's on my website. Again, it's theconfidencedoc.com. Hope things are good. Really glad to see you again. And I will talk to you next week. 